Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Right. Well, we're glad to have you all here in the sanctuary and we're glad to have our Facebook audience. Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. And glad to have our Facebook audience, glad to have all, all our visitors with us and, and glad that you all are here. And, and for those of you out there, we've been sitting out of church because, of course, you're told that by the government and uh, sometimes without any constitutional justification whatsoever. Um, or your, your church has just not been willing to have services. I understand some, some churches have still are still not doing it, even though things are loosening up now. But if you're looking, you're here in the local area, and you're looking for a place to come, come on over. We'd be glad to have you here because um, we're going to continue to pray and trust God. And, and I'm pleased to report that, in fact, that we have not had any cessation of services whatsoever. And we not have, have not had a single report of any member co co uh, contacting uh, coronavirus or uh, having it or reporting it. Nothing like that because we started immediately praying against it and asking for God's protection on us. And it works. Hallelujah. Amen. It works. It works. Praise God. Praise God. And, and uh, so we've been doing a series on Psalm 91, and we're going to continue to do that. By the way, those of you listening on Facebook, if you want to connect with us, go to thecall.org, thecall.org. We've had a little uh, issues with our website, but we think we've gotten all of those straightened out. So if you want to connect with us on, a, on an extension membership basis or just connect with us on any basis, go there and uh, we will get your communication. I think some in, in the past, some of it wasn't quite coming through for, for reasons I won't go into, but, but we, they will come through now. So please get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. Amen. 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 All right. Well, we have been teaching on Psalm 91. And I'll tell you, this for me has been a tremendous blessing because it has helped renew my understanding of and the depth of my commitment to the fact that God takes care of his people. He takes care of his people. Now, we've already read Psalm 91 earlier in the service. So I won't go all the way back to the beginning. But I want to read for you the last three verses of that psalm, because this is what I'm going to focus on for today. And those last three verses say, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, we've been looking at this psalm in the midst of this coronavirus epidemic and pandemic hysteria scare to remind ourselves of what God promises us in the midst of circumstances like this. Amen. In all circumstances, but certainly in circumstances like this. And the point has been to strengthen the body of Christ. The point has been to sow into the body of Christ the truth of the word of God so that we would have more than simply what the experts are saying and what the politicians are saying to give us a sense of peace about this and to give us a sense of assurance that we are, we're going to come through this just fine. Amen? Amen. 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 Now, I have had... <laughs> all kinds of things said about me on the internet for taking this stand. Um, I've been accused of, you know, 
I, I, well, everything from he should be put in jail <laughs> to yeah, he's going to get people killed telling people that you can't get it. And as I've clarified on more than one occasion, what I'm teaching is the protection that God has for those who will put their faith in him. Amen. 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 And, and I'm not backing off of that. I'm not, I'm not in any way going to compromise that. The scripture says that people who are not in Christ will not understand this. So it doesn't surprise me, okay? It's not like I read this stuff and go, I'm shocked. <laughs> Who would think like that? It, it, the Bible makes clear. In fact, I want you to read this with me. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. Let's just remind ourselves, because you know, sometimes we get all worked up when the world responds to us in a hostile way. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Why, why would they be all upset with us? Because the Bible says they're not going to get it. <laughs> so they're going to be hostile because what you're doing is you are flying in the face of their understanding of reality. Amen. And they don't like being challenged that way. Amen. They're comfortable in their fear and, and in their, their so-called rational scientific response. And when you come up with a faith response, who do you think you are? Look at this. It says, if you have it, you can read it with me. I'm reading, of course, from the New King James Version. So yours may read slightly differently. It shouldn't read uh, remarkably differently. But it says, beginning at the 12th verse, Now we have, not, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And the 14th verse is critical. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Amen. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So we should expect people to go, what? What are you talking about? That's crazy. Because they're foolishness to people in the world, people who are, do not have the spirit of God and are not seeking to follow God. Now look, in teaching that Christians have special promises, that we have special protection, that we have access to almighty God that the world doesn't have, you have to remember something else. We are absolutely exploding the idea of political correctness. Absolutely. Amen. See, because political correctness has a fundamental premise, and the fundamental premise is inclusiveness. It's got to be inclusive. Oh, you're not inclusive. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you all know, don't you, that most colleges and universities across the country have kicked off the Christian groups because they would not allow non-Christians to be leaders, and the university said, well, that's discriminatory. You've got to be inclusive. So they won't let them operate on campus as official groups because even though you're a Christian group, you've got to let Muslims, Buddhists, atheists, and everybody else be in leadership. Well, now that's stupid. That doesn't even make sense. But you you, when you're violating the principle of inclusiveness, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> So we're violating that principle right now when we say this protection 
is available to those who put their faith in Jesus Christ and the nobody else. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't say that. That's not inclusive. No, it's exclusive. Thank you very much. But it's true. <laughs> it's true. Amen. In fact, Christianity is by its very nature exclusive. Look, I, I remind people all the time, the early Christians did not get in trouble with Rome and with the Roman Empire because they believed in Jesus. That was not the problem. The problem was their declaration that he's the only way. No, you can't believe in Jupiter and Zeus and, and, and Caesar and, and Diana and, 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 and anything else you want to believe in. There is only one way and his name is Jesus Christ. That's what got him into trouble. See, if Christians had said this, if they had said, well, now we believe in Jesus, but you know, we realize there are many ways to God. And if you want to believe in Jupiter and Diana, that's okay too. You know what they would have been saying? They, they'd have said, well, good for you all. You all are really some nice people, aren't you? You know what? Those Christians aren't bad. But when you start saying, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. There is but one name given unto heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Oh, throw them in the lion's den. Throw them, throw them in the stadium and let the wild animals eat them alive because they are violating everything Rome stands for. And you know the same is true today. If we Christians would simply say, well, you know, we have our way, but, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with Islam. There's nothing wrong with Buddhism. There's nothing wrong with Hinduism. There's nothing, atheism. You know, as, as I heard, had one person say to me one time, but we all end up in the same place. And when you say, no, we don't, uh-oh. <laughs> Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, he said, enter in by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Now, now this is Jesus. And you know, you get a lot from the liberal community say, well, if we just follow the teachings of Jesus, you know, we, we, we would be okay. I, I like Jesus. Well, you know what Jesus just said? Most people aren't getting in. He said, because now is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Few who find it. That means all our leftist friends out there and all our, all, all our syncretists out there who say, well, you know, in the end, all religions basically teach the same thing. And they're all basically got that. <laughs> That's not what Jesus said. He said, few there be that find it. Few. I think the, the, the largest, certainly the most fast, the fastest growing religion on earth right now is Islam. Of course, China has got 1.5, 1.4, 1.5 billion people, and their background mostly is Buddhist, but they're officially an atheist state, so, so most people now, in order to conform to the requirements of the state, are official atheists. Now, I just named about three billion of the eight billion people on earth. Jesus said, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. And here's one, 2 Corinthians chapter six. You go here with me, because I want you to be reminded of this one too. 2 Corinthians chapter six, verses 14 through 18. 
And I'll start reading and you can catch up with me in the interest of time when you, you get there. Second Corinthians chapter six, verses 14 through 18. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? And that's a pagan God. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, and listen to talk about exclusivity. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, let's be clear about something that God is saying here that the world also doesn't like to hear. You know what God is saying? I'm not everybody's father. And you know that people that offends some folks. Because you know what you hear a lot? I don't hear it as much here. When I was in Massachusetts, I used to hear it all the time. I used to hear it at, at, at all kinds of meetings. Well, you know, we're all children of God. No, we're not. No, we're not. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are not a child of God. And, and by the way, you can go to church till you wear the seat out. And if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you are not a child of God. Amen. The word says to them that received him, gave he power to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. And everybody else is excluded. Now, now let's be clear on what that means. When my children were in school, um, there, there came a moment when there was a particular teacher, particularly that my two daughters had, they were in different grades, but, but this teacher had some responsibility for both of them. And, and I would go to the school from time to time. In fact, I took them and dropped them off and picked them up a lot of times and went to their games and all this. And there, there was a teacher that I observed, a fairly young guy, but at that time I was in my early to mid forties. This guy was almost half my age in his mid twenties. But, and, and my daughters were getting to be teenagers. And I, I observed his behavior toward them and something wasn't right to me. It just didn't, it strike, struck me as a little too familiar. And I wasn't gonna wait until something happened that I thought was really completely out of order. So I said, well, I'm gonna go talk to him. And I did. And this guy's about six foot, three or four. I didn't care. It's my babies. So I went and talked to him and, 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 and I told him, I said, listen, listen. And I remember the conversation. I said, look, I said, I'm sure you mean well. I said, but I think you're a little too familiar with my daughters. I said, you're not their buddy. You're their teacher. And I expect you to maintain a professional relationship with them and nothing else. Well, you know, he looked at me like he didn't want to hear that at all. And I asked him, I said, is there anything I need to clarify? Anything I need to explain? 
And he said, well, 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 no, 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 Mr. Jackson, no. I said, okay. I said, so we are, we're, we, we're, we're straight. We understand each other. He said, yes, yes, we understand each other. And, and from that point forward, he treated them and me with some distance. But you know what? That was all right with me. Amen. Well, Bishop, what if he got mad? He just get mad. What if he wanted to fight? It's on. It's on. These are my children. Now, here's the thing. He wasn't only teaching them. He was teaching a bunch of other children, too. Well, Bishop, why didn't you go talk to him about them, about all those other children? Because they weren't my responsibility. I went to talk to him about my children. When God says, I will be your father. You know what? Daddy has a way of showing up <laughs> when kids are in trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so, you know, the world better understand. They better leave us alone. Because <laughs> you don't know at what point you're going to get on the wrong side of God on this thing. Because the Bible said it needs be that offenses must come. But woe to them by whom they come. Whoever, whoever offends one of these little ones who believe in me were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Glory to God. See, God has a special obligation to his children. So, so when we say, yeah, we're protected, and the world says, who do you think you are? A child of God. Just so like if the teacher said, your father came to talk to me, who does he think he is? I can just hear what, I, I, particularly I can hear Jackie saying, my daddy. Without any hesitation, <laughs> you know, I told you all, you may have heard this one time, but when I was running a radio station, I had my office and my law office and radio station together, and I had a secretary sat right outside my office, and sometimes I wouldn't be there, but my family would come by. And so my wife would come, she would just dutifully just sit outside in the little lobby area and wait. Jackie would open the door and walk right in and sit in my seat. And, and so my, my, my wife told me, my secretary said, you, 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 can't, you can't go in there. You can't go in there. Your father's not there. So Jackie would say, this is my daddy's office. <laughs> and go in there and sit right down at my desk. And my secretary came and told me, she said, you know, your daughter comes in and sits right down in your office. I said, that's all right. That's my baby. She can sit wherever she wants to sit. I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying all that to let you see as a child of God, you do have special privileges. Everybody can't do that. But you do have, the Bible says what? Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen? Amen. When we, when we say, I, I, when I say I'm not, I don't have it, I'm not going to get it, I'm not going to give it to anybody. I'm not saying bragging because I just think E.W. Jackson is just the greatest thing ever walking. It's not that. It's that I know who my father is. I know who Jesus is. I, I know what the blood of Jesus can do. I, I know what faith in God can do. Amen. I'm, bra I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on him. Amen. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And, 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 and listen, saints, to show you how, how strong this is, and I told share with you all, I've, I've had some family members get upset with me. Over the gospel. When I start telling, I said I, one time I had a, a family member, my, my, my beloved father, minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, had, had passed away. And, 
And uh, one of my relatives, I was talking to one of my relatives who happens not to be a Christian and said to me, uh, well, you know, I said the one, the, the good thing is, you know, we're all going to be in the same place one day. And I said, well, not you. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be mean or anything, but I just saw this as an important opportunity to draw the distinction. And I said, I said, look, I said, my father died in Christ. He was a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, you are not. I said, therefore, you're not going to be the same place he is unless you accept the same Jesus he accepted. Well, needless to say, that did not go over well. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I got spoken to for a couple years. But you know what? It was important to say it. And then I sort of got a little pushback, and I said, listen. I said, just think of it this way. I said, here we stand in the same spot. On one side is a cliff, and on the other side is a road. I said, and you say, I'm headed toward the cliff, and I say, I'm headed toward the road, and you say to me, it's okay, we're gonna end up in the same place. I said, no, we're not, because you're gonna fall off the edge and die, and I'm gonna get on the road and travel to where I'm going. I said, you, you, can't, you can't have two separate, opposite directions and say somehow we end up in the same place, amen? Amen. Amen. Well, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 34 and 37. Do not think that I, 34 through 37, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Amen. For I came to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. It doesn't get any more exclusive than that. He didn't say don't love your relatives. He just said who's first in your life? See, I didn't do that because I hated that person. I did it because I loved them, but I love God first. I could have taken the attitude, well, I'm not going to say anything because I, I don't want them to get offended. I don't, uh, I don't want them to be upset with me. But I'd rather them be upset with me and say what I know is true because I know it's best for them, amen, amen. than have God say to me, why didn't you say something? And have me say, well, Lord, I didn't want to offend anybody. Are you all hearing me? Amen. It, this is very exclusive. In other words, look, you don't get into the kingdom by virtue of the fact that somebody in your family's in. You got to make the decision for yourself. But God makes a distinction between those who are his and those who are not. That's just the way it is. Deuteronomy 7:15. God said to the children of Israel, remember the children of Israel constitute the first time God has a people. Up until then God has individuals he deals with. He deals with Abraham, he deals with Noah. But now God's got a people. And here's what he says about his people. He said, the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which you have known, but will lay them on all those who hate you. God draws a, a, a bold line between those who he claims are his and those who are not. Amen. Amen. Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Look at that, chosen, royal, holy, special. If that's not exclusive, I don't know what is. Amen. Says that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
Yeah, saints, we, you, you are special. But you're not special because you earned it. You're special because God gave you that status. You're special because he's the one who initiated this. There's not a single one of us who came to God, even if you couldn't, even if you fooled yourself into thinking you came to God because you went looking for him. That's not true for anybody. Every one of us came to God because God was looking for us. Because he loved us, because he wanted us. He wanted a relationship with us. He loved us. Glory to God. And when I first came to the Lord, I, I remember this, this thought just continually being in my mind. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. So sorry that I ignored you. So sorry I denied you were there. So sorry that I lived my life my own way. So sorry I denied what was ultimate reality. Did my own thing, thinking that was what was real. And all the time, what was real was hounding me and trying to get through to me. And I kept saying, no, 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 no. I'm busy with important stuff. Oh, my God. And now you get to be chosen, royal, holy, special, because God made you that. Amen? Amen. Amen. And listen, one of the things, saints, that I think very few people get and even some Christians don't get sufficiently. So let's deal with that a little bit before we come right back to Psalm 91. Look, God is a covenant-making, covenant-keeping God. He does things by covenant. What did Jesus say at the, at the final Passover that he took before he left the earth? He said, this cup is the new covenant. We say testament, but the word there is covenant in my blood. It's a covenant. See, which means that God enters into covenant with us and gives us everything he's got and asks of us everything we've got, <laughs> which is us. I'll give you everything I've got. All I want is you. Hallelujah. Because look, when he gave us Jesus, he gave us everything he had. Amen. 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 And Christianity, saints, is indeed a blood covenant. Uh, Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Why is that, Bishop? Why is that? Because the wages of sin is death, and the only way that the penalty for sin can be paid for is the forfeiture of life. That's what the shedding of blood is all about. Jesus forfeited his life for us. Amen? Amen. And if you look, it's available to everybody. But if you haven't accepted it, it's not there for you. Glory to God. So look, God's covenant is available to everybody. That's the sense in which it's inclusive. Every, whosoever will, let him come. And by the way, let me just be very, very explicit about that. Drug addicts and drug dealers, come. Prostitutes and homosexuals and transgenders, come. Uh, 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 racists and, and skinheads and, 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 and Antifa and, 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 and radical leftists, come. But you got to come right. You can't come on your terms. You've got to come on his. See? I said, we're not all children of God. That's true. But you know what? God loves us all. He loves us all. But you can't become his child on your terms. 
You can't say, well, I'll tell you what, God, let's leave the Jesus stuff out. Let's leave the repentance stuff out. And let me just do my thing. And you and I can have a relationship. No, he's not bargaining. Amen. No, no, he, he's, he's, he's not. It does, it does not work that way. Uh, I, Lord, I'll come to you, but after all, I'm gay and I'm staying that way. That won't work. <laughs>